There is nothing, absolutely nothing, like being able to serve yourself food when you need it. And that's what On Demand is about. You get to sit down at the Word of God when you can, when you're off work, when you have free time, and allow God to speak to you. So you're here with me today to have an On Demand journey. So join me today for a message that will unlock truth in your life and give you peace and blessing, I pray in Jesus' name. Enjoy today's message. Repeat the topic with me today, please. Say, don't work alone. Don't work alone. I, I want to share with you this month four strategies to build your dreams for the future. I want to go over four things that I think make the difference. I want to start out the series uh, today as we uh, march through the year with that wonderful question, um, that wonderful theme, rather. Repeat it with him, please. Say, dreaming again. It is my argument that at some point in your life you stop dreaming. So I want to show you how to dream. That's the big goal of the year. How do you dream again? You start with strategies. You have to have a plan, a goal, and there are four strategies that will help you build your dreams for the future. And the first strategy is to decide not to work alone. Say that again. Try it again. Say, don't work alone. alone. Yeah. There are four strategies for the month. Repeat them all with me, please. Say, don't work alone. Don't Don't be confused. Don't be naive, and don't be peer pressured. You can be pressured by your peers in a way that's unhealthy. You can end up, if you're not careful, being naive. You can be confused, and you can also make the great mistake, because we'll talk about that today, of working alone. What I just told you earlier, we're talking uh, during the offering time, and I was sharing with you uh, the percentages of churches' budgets. The average church probably, depending upon what you when you analyze, 10% of the people support the church they're about. One in 10, it's amazing. If you really talk about money a little bit more, you may get two in 10. We are about three out of 10 that actively give and support. So those percentages are tied that I gave you. They're tied to that number. So imagine if you live in a house and 10 people live there and only one person works, or two, or in a good case like ours, three. There is a, that, that is, that's astonishing, isn't it? It's, um, I'm a big cleanup guy. I'm a big pickup guy. I really am. I mean, if you've been to my house, I'm a big pickup guy. And, I, and I, I understand how hard it is. I see, I see why people just say bad words. I'm not going to say one, but I'm just saying, I mean, man, you just dropped that right there like that. You just left that. Who's going to pick it up? You know, it'll be there later. You'll do it later. How about now? But I understand, you know, some people get used to it. It's like the life we live. But the problem in that whole scenario is you're working alone. That's how you feel. I'm cleaning alone. I'm doing it alone. A lot of the pressure that happens in church is because people are doing it alone. In nonprofits, is people are doing it alone. In business, you feel like you're the only one coming to work to work today. Everybody else is having a meeting. God never intended for us to work alone. And you have to ask yourself, am I the kind of person who basically lets everybody else carry my load? Am I, am, or am I the kind of person who engages the process? I'm in the community. What do I do? service the community and and it can't do everything but if I can do one thing my challenge is to let everybody know I can't do everything you asked me to do I can't be on every board or every committee or every I can't if I do I won't be (laughs) focused in my own life 
and that's not healthy. But I do believe in participating. Matthew chapter 20, verse 20 is where I want to start our study. There are two texts today I'll read uh, that kind of get us jump-started in the series. Matthew 20 and 20, a very familiar text you've heard me talk about a lot of times, a long time. Verse 20 says, Then the mother of Zebedee's sons came to him with her sons, kneeling down and asking something from him. Notice the mother comes and the sons come. Three people come. And, he's, and, and, he, said, and, he's, and he said to her, What do you wish? That is the question. It's not what I want, it's what you want. That is what God wants you to talk about. She said to him, grant that these two sons of mine may sit one on your right hand and the other on the left in your kingdom. Now, I want you to notice what I said. This is what God wants you to ask, answer rather. What do you want? It's not what God wants. He has big plans for you, bigger than yours for sure. But the question is, what do you want for yourself? And they told him, here's what we want. The highlight part of this that I want to focus on today is they came as a team. They were not working alone. That's the part I want you to see. Notice with me another text that I gave you, Proverbs eleven fourteen. Read it with me, please. Come on. Where there is no what? Counsel, the people fall. Pause. The people fall where there's no counsel. But it goes on to say what? But in the what? Multitude of counselors there is safety. Working alone robs you of counsel. You don't have anybody to talk to you. That's why some people like being alone. Some people proudly say, I don't have any friends. I don't have any friends. <laughs> <laughs> that means you have no counsel. You have nobody in your life that can speak to you. You like being completely isolated. You do what you want, go when you want, say what you want, dress like you want, look like you want, and you call it being me. That's okay for a minute, but it doesn't change the world. People who live like that don't change the world. You don't make a significant difference. It's learning how to work with the team. The challenge of stepping out of your comfort zone and working with a group, hearing someone else's opinion, even about you. That's why some people don't like marriage, because marriage is teamwork. It forces you to share everything, your money, time, attention. You just don't get to isolate yourself. That's why I like church. It forces you into relationships. It forces you into a culture where you don't control everything. It's one of the reasons I like going out to speak or I like going to serve. I go to serve in Atlanta quite a bit with uh, Word of Faith. I like helping them because I'm not in charge. I do. I go there. I do all kinds of little things for them, leadership, help, support, training, coaching. I do all kinds of And I do it because, and I do it, a lot of times I do it for free. You're kidding. Yeah. There's an element that I do, and I have certain places I go every year that I do three or four things with four different groups for free because I want to always have in my life voices. I want God to have a pathway to speak to me that I don't control. Some of you control everything. You control every single thing in your life, and guess what? You control everybody in your life. And so nobody can speak to you. Not really. Because if you do, you just shut them down and give them the big eyeball stare, I'm grown, and therefore, they know, don't bother them, because if you bother them, they'll let you know. They'll put you in your place. That's why you change jobs sometimes. Supervisor lets you know about your tardiness or your lack of productivity, and you don't like it. But I believe there's something healthy about accountability. 
<laughs> oh, God, why am I talking about this? Let me say it. Say it, Pastor Ray. I know I'm talking to myself. I, I, I do this sermon review thing with the team before I preach all the sermons, and it is painful. It's like somebody calling you and not answering. It's just amazing. You're just sitting there going, man, what in the world? Emotionally, this is hard, right? And so I'm sitting there, right? And I'm struggling sometimes in our, in our, in our discussion. But, and then sometimes they can tell because they'll say, I don't get that. What do you mean by that? Or what does that mean? And, or does that verse, here's a good one. Does that verse go with that, this, this comment? I go, of course it does. I'm trained. I've been to school. I know exactly. But they're right. There are times that they ask me questions that make me think. I don't need to work alone. I'm not saying every preacher has to do the way I do it. That's fine. I get it. But I'm simply saying you have nobody speaking to you. And some of you, that's been true since you were how old, 13? Who in your life has spoken to you? Who are your stoppers? Is there anybody at all? that God can use to talk to you. I need that in my life. Here's the problem with my job. You ready? Ah, there you go, preacher. God. Say it. Come on, say, say it. Sometimes it's too much power. Somebody called me the other day from another country and said that this pastor that they want me to help support, and there's several guys I get to support around the world, and various capacities. And one of the things they said to me was, this person's too powerful. I said, well, that's part of the culture. He has to say no to that. She has to say no to that. They have to lay down the power. Same way Jesus did. No man take my life, I do what? Lay it down. You have to be willing to let somebody come in and look at your life, your finances, your world, your health. Your, you don't have to go to the doctor because he tell you, he talk about you, he talk about you. That's why you don't go, because he talk about you. You know he's going to talk about you, right? You don't want to go. He's going to put you in check. Now, we went over these numbers uh, last uh, time you were here six months ago. Your A1C was uh, 15 then. That's scary. Isn't that scary? It's so scary. Isn't that a horrible number? Should I go lower and lower? No. Is, is, okay. And then, and then, you know, okay, it's nine. Okay, is that better? Not a little bit better. Not a little bit better. Okay, nine. So, okay. So, you know, okay. And, and, and now, it's, now it's ten. You know what I mean? We talked about sweets. We talked about what you're eating. We talked about exercise. But you're not listening. And so I'm not going back to that doctor anymore. He's just too much in my business. Really? He's trying to keep you out of the coffin. That's the goal of the conversation. It's like I want you on this side of the world. You know what I mean? Not that side. And so sometimes in life it's hard to allow anybody to come into your life and talk to you about flossing your teeth, right? About making sure you brush. You don't have time. You go to bed and all the cavities are dancing. Hey, all the food from last week is dancing all over your mouth. And you're sitting there wondering when it hurts. You go, in the name of Jesus, I bind the pain. What are you binding? You can't. So there's, there's this incredible tendency, if you're not careful, to isolate yourself and work alone and don't let anybody counsel you. Like a guy we're going to talk about today, his name is Jeroboam. Rehoboam, I'm sorry. There are two guys I want to highlight, and these two guys make an incredible, give us an incredible insight. They make life-changing, what I call, decisions. They're faced with life-changing opportunities, and these two guys are amazing. 
Say the names with me, please. Say Rehoboam and Jeroboam. Now, let me tell a little, back, a little backdrop before I read the verse, okay? In 1 uh, Kings uh, chapter 12. Rehoboam is the son of Solomon. He is now about to be appointed king in 1 Kings 12, okay? It's a big day for him, big moment. Jeroboam is a servant of Solomon. He and Solomon fell out, not because Jeroboam necessarily did anything, but let me tell you the story. Solomon in 1 Kings 11 is listed to have gone out of his mind. Solomon has in 1 Kings chapter 11, listen to that, buckle up, a thousand women in his life. That's not a made-up number. The Bible said he had a thousand women in his life. How do you have a thousand women in your life? That takes work. It's a lot of hellos, how you doing, what's your name, girl? There's a whole lot of that going on, okay? He's got, he's got 700 wives. To have 700 wives, you've got to have group weddings. Five at one time. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, just honestly, you've got to, you know, it's 700 wives. Now, he died at 80 years old, so he had time, okay? Started as a young man. It just took two a year, three a year, whatever. So he's got 700 by the time we get here. He's lost his mind. He's now worshiping other gods. He's really lost his mind. This is the guy who wrote Proverbs. It shows you that you can be okay and then go crazy. You can be really smart and make dumb choices. So here's a guy who's made these dumb choices. He's got 700 wives, but that's not all. He's got 300 concubines. That's a part-time wife. Some of you know about that, right? right? You, know, you, just, you ain't all the time. You just kind of every now and then visit. Okay, who's so a concubine? Right? This is a concubine. Some of you concubine. You've been one of concubine too. So, so <laughs> is that what I am, a concubine, a concubine? Okay. So, <laughs> so. Hang with me. Come back. Come back. Forgive me if I offended you. I apologize. I'm just trying to make the sermon work, okay? So here's the deal. So you got, you got a thousand women in your life, and then all of a sudden, he's just gone crazy. So God says, I'm going to judge you. First Kings 11, you read when you get home. He said, so God, what he says, he calls Jeroboam. He says, Jeroboam, here's what's going to happen. I'm going to make you king. I'm going to take the 12 tribes of Israel and give you 10 of them and give him, give him two. Wow, Solomon hears about it. Jeroboam has to get out of town. Now, now, Jeroboam didn't make the prophecy. He was just hearing it, but he had to run. So he waited till Solomon died, and when Solomon dies, now he comes back on the scene. Follow me to the story. Watch what happens. 1 Kings 12, 1. And Rehoboam went to Shechem for all Israel. 1 Kings 12, all Israel had gone to Shechem to do what? Make him king. So it happened when Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, heard it. He was still in Egypt, for he had fled from the presence of King Solomon and had been dwelling in Egypt. Verse 3. Then they sent and called him. Then Jeroboam and the whole assembly of Israel came and spoke to Rehoboam, saying. They came and they spoke. Now watch this. Look at the preacher for a second. They sent to get Jeroboam. They sent to get him. And when Jeroboam comes, he comes with all the people to talk to Rehoboam, the future king. Watch what happens in verse 4. Your father made our yoke heavy now, therefore lighten the burdensome service of your father. And his heavy yoke, which he put on us, and we will do what? Serve you. Pause, look at the preacher for a second. Now think about this. Big deal, big moment. This is what I call a life-changing opportunity. To work with another guy, a life-changing opportunity for Jeroboam and Rehoboam to work together, an opportunity. And here's what Jeroboam says, speaking for the people, we will serve you. 
faithfully. Now, that's pretty nice, but Rehoboam, watch this in 1 Kings 12 and 5. Rehoboam is given some what I call life-changing advice from some wise people to listen to what he was just told. 1 Kings 12 and 5, look at this. So he said to them, depart for three days. How many days did he need? Three days. Then come back to me. And the people departed. Then King Rehoboam consulted the elders who stood before his father. These are the guys who work with his dad. Solomon, while he, was still, while he still lived, and he said, how do you advise me to answer these people? And they spoke to him, saying, if you will be a servant to these people today and serve them, if you will be a, uh, be a servant to these people, servant leadership to these people, and serve them and answer them and speak good words to them, they will be your servants forever. He advised them to serve the people, answer the people, speak good words to the people. Wow. Wow. Pretty easy. I would think this is incredibly helpful advice, but, oh, man. It's amazing how sometimes somebody wise will speak to you and you ignore them. Can you go back in your mind and think of who was the wise person you ignored? Don't say their name out loud. Just think about it. If I had listened to fill in the blanks, my life would have been different. If I had listened to the advice that so-and-so gave me, it would have been different. But, there, you know, religious people <laughs> have a hard time listening sometimes. You know, you get all caught up in the Holy Spirit, and it's not really the Spirit, it's really you, but you get all caught up in this feeling, and you make decisions and you make choices. Somebody said to you, that's not a good decision. So watch what happens. Rehoboam makes a life-changing and life-limiting decision. I call it life-changing and life-limiting. Say that with me, please. Come on. Life-changing and life-limiting. Watch this now. Verse 8, 1 Kings 12. But he rejected the advice which the elders had given him and consulted the young men who had grown up with him, who stood before him. And he said to them, what advice do you give? <laughs> how, should, how should we answer this people who has spoken to me, saying, lighten the yoke which your fathers put on us? 1 Kings chapter 12, verse 10, then the young men who had grown up with him spoke to him, saying, Thus you should speak to this people who have spoken to you, saying, Your father made our yoke heavy, but you made it light. You, uh, but you make it light and lighter on us. This, this, thus you shall say to them, My little finger shall be thicker than my father's waist. And now, whereas my father put a yoke on you, I will add to your yoke. My father chastised you with whips, but I will chastise you with scourges. Oh, boy. Look at the preacher man and hear me today. These were the wrong people to talk to. I, he chose to abuse people. He made a decision to reject wise advice, and then what's really amazing is He's going to do something that listed in number three in your notes. He's going to implement a vision that's not his. He's going to implement the vision of unwise men with no experience. Can, can I ask you, why are you listening to Bubba? I'm just curious. What's Bubba done for you? I'm trying to say, girl, you've met Bubba. I know he's fine. But why are you listening? This boy ain't bought you nothing but Bubba gum. I'm trying to figure out. How he got to be so influential in your life. What is Bubba? What's Bubba got going on? He, he cute. Yeah, that's all he got. He ain't got no money, but he cute. And some, let's say he got money, but he ain't going to Come on, girlfriend. Ain't, it's not like 
housing and living. It's not the same. Look at his life choices. Where are you going? Why are you listening to her like that? Why? Why you? You know you you you. you oh, help me, Jesus! You single people get on my nerve a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I'm talking about y'all. You meet somebody five minutes ago, and they already got all this wisdom. You met them five minutes ago. They know everything. Know all you. You tell them everything in two minutes. And two minutes after you meet them, you tell them all your life story, everything, all your everything. You tell them everything, all about your intimate life, everything. I mean, I ain't known you but five minutes. I know on TV it's like that. In one hour, you see how much you tell people in one hour? I was watching the show the other day. It was on Lifetime. You know, I like them little shows. And so I was watching <laughs> them little love shows. They're so nice. They all had the same plot. Everybody, every, matter of fact, I time when they're going to get mad. It's about 840. <laughs> oh, he's going to do something now. It's about that time, boy. He go across the line and some, you know. Anyway. So, so I was watching it, and she, this, this dude, he comes to the door, right? And, and, she, and she had never seen him before in her life. She opens the door, and she, he comes in. I thought, wait, who's going to do that? And then he goes to a kitchen, starts cooking. I said, oh, see, you're calling the police right now. What? <laughs> Within 10 minutes, five minutes, they're they going on a date. He could be the slasher. <laughs> you listen to people. You invite people in that you don't know. Well, don't you trust people? Pause, pause. No. <laughs> not if I don't know you. I don't have a basis. I'm not saying I distrust you. I just need to find out who you are. Like, what is your name? Show me your license. That guy walked in her house with no, no I mean, I'm not making this up. I won't say the name of the show, but it was amazing. One of them Christmas things, you know, and you fall in love in t- 10 minutes, all that, and get married in 15. Those are, and I kind of like them, you know, they're, because anyway, anyway, let me get, I got to get back. Back to the sermon, back to the sermon, back to the sermon. Because it is, it is cute. It is cute. I mean, I do think it's cute. It's creative. But I, I don't, I think this is an example how this guy is listening to somebody that he does not, they have no proven history of being wise. He knew them. In this case, he knew them. But a lot of us are dealing with people we don't know. Sometimes the people you know aren't wise. And some of the people you don't know. And you, this, you, my, my point is, pause, Rehoboam. Pause. But no, no, he goes along with it. Boy. Are you living your vision for your life and saying what you believe or what someone told you to believe? That does not have a proven record of success. This is so important because if you're not careful, you will work alone and you will invite people into your life and you will end up in places you don't want to be. He convinced people he would not listen. Rehoboam did. In verse 16, makes an incredible statement. Now, when all Israel saw that the king did not listen to them, the people answered the king, saying, Where, what share have we in David? We have no inheritance in the son of Jesse. To your tents, O Israel, now see to your own house. Let me translate that another way. Let's make that temple, okay? What share do my kids have in being a temple? What value is there being related to me? If, I, if I'm mean to them, if I'm unkind to them, if I'm yelling at them, if I'm cussing at them, if I'm rude to them, if I, if I mock their weaknesses, if I won't even listen to what they're saying, because I'm the father, 
I'm in charge. I'm the pastor man. And as the pastor man, I don't have to listen to anybody in here because I'm the pastor man. No, you're, you're going. Almost there with two, but you're going. You're slipping off. You're, you're losing sight of you. And that's what happened. They looked at him and they said, what, what value do we have being a part of this family? Here's what they said. I put it, I underlined it for you. To your tents. Notice the pronoun. Go to your own. Guys, go to, forget this family. There's no reason to be here at all. No, who cares about being a Smith or whatever your last name is? Because there's nothing in here for us. To your own tents. To your own house. Oh, David. No reason to stay around here. Why am I going to visit him? Go over there and get insulted and tell him how, what I'm not. I'm not going to daddy's house. Forget it. It's no benefit. Wish I could change my name. That's what they were saying. He forced people to be individualist and isolate themselves from him. So he ends up with two tribes. So Israel departed to their tents. It's painful. To their own tents. <laughs> there was no one who followed. You go to the end of the verse there. There was no one who followed the house of David but the tribes of Judah only. Really, it's more than that. First Kings chapter 11, verse 31 says there are two tribes who follow him. So you have this incredible moment where somebody has to say, it's not safe. Look at the preacher for a second. It's not safe to stay with you. There is, hear this very carefully, nothing in this for me. When people decide there is nothing in this that's safe for me, they don't want to stay with you. That's your job to convince them. People really are naive sometimes in the way they approach life. The company was there before you got there. Just, just, I just want you to be clear about that. They, they had a building and, and offices and phones, and your name is not even on the sign. Hear this. They can live without you. It's a privilege to be there. You may not believe that you can end up someplace you don't want to be, but if you are a work-alone person in a marriage, you are a work-alone person on the job, you're a work-alone person, you can't reach your dreams. You limit your dream potentials. I read this story and I think, God, help me. Be a team player. Went to a restaurant the other day, and I'm down in the restaurant. They, they, they had this little thing on the table where they were trying to, you know, I had to pay for my meal, and it didn't work. And so I, she said, the waitress said, well, we, we can't take your check because, so she said, let me get the manager. So it took a few minutes. The manager came by, apologized, and just and was fiddling with it. And, said, Can I? and she sat down and, just, and finally got it. And I said, well, it's okay. I'm a team member. I come here a lot. I enjoy your food, so it's okay. She said, thanks for being patient. And when I said I'm a team member, you can tell it took the pressure off. Are you a team member? Do you, do you, do you, do you highlight people's flaws and failures? Do you, do you, you take advantage of your strength? Beat people with your, with your strength? Do you talk to them like they're dumb and they don't matter? I'm telling you now. You can, if you're not careful, 
talk in a way and act in a way that makes the dream impossible. But I want you to dream again. So if you want to develop a strategy to dream for the future, start by refusing to work alone. There are times when there's nobody to help you do it. When there's nobody there, it's fine. But as a goal, as a goal, make sure you're open to allowing the right people in your life who can give you the right advice. I hope you learned something. I hope it helped you today. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the word, for all that's been said. As a matter of fact, won't you stand? Let's go home. Father, there's a lot more we could say, but time's up. It's time to go home. So we come thanking you for this opportunity. We ask you to take the message. I understand the power of isolation. There are times when I have to stand alone. There's nobody around me, and I have to learn how to fight by myself. I get that. But I'm not locking out people. It's just a season for me to work alone. There are some things you call me to do alone. But I must open my heart to the times you call me to work with others. James and John came with their mom together as a united team committed to one goal, leadership. They wanted to advance. It was a team effort. Help us not be against team. Help us reevaluate how we interact with people. Our siblings, our family, our employees, our employers. Help us. Help us to think it through again. Is there a better way to say that? Is there a better way to relate? Are there people that I'm locking out who give me good advice? Have I locked out all the wise people because they don't baby me? I'm not saying I should let someone insult me and hurt me. But I'm saying that sometimes the truth is I just didn't want to hear the truth. So I pray we leave this day with an open heart and an open mind. And may you allow this to be the year that the dream can come true. Man, can you look at me? I'm, I know I'm praying. I, I got I to let you go. But you know what I thought about? There are some things I have. Um, I had that. You ever play that um, coulda, woulda, shoulda game? Shoulda done this, coulda done that, shoulda saved more money, coulda, you know, all the list of things you come up with. Here's something I've said that has helped me with that coulda, woulda, shoulda fight. The truth is, Ricky, you couldn't hear that. Now, that's the truth. You were, on, you were isolated and you had your own view or you didn't have anybody that was, was wise that could speak it to you at that time. One of the problems with success is people cheer you on and they don't talk to you. When you make more money than the people around you, they don't advise you. They just go, go, Ricky, go, 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 go. And, and they will let you make foolish decisions and come and watch your bonfire when you fail. So, Lord, help me have people in my life who speak to me. I pray for your spirit to move upon my life and guide me to a new place of opportunity and blessing. May I not miss those great opportunities that are in my future. With every head bowed, every eye closed, if you're here today and you say, Pastor, after hearing the message, I realize that what you said speaks to me. It is about my walk with God. It is about me being open to God's voice in my life. I have been isolated, and I need to invite him into my life in this new year. If you're here today and you say, Pastor Rick, I want to start a life with Jesus today. I want to begin a new walk with him. I, I, you may be a great person. You may be a wonderful individual who's done great things in the world. But in relationship with God, he's not first in your life. You for, you're first in your life more than he is. Other people's voices are more important than his voice in your life. 
So if you want to start a life with Jesus today, a new life, a beginning, a new, new year, and say, you know, Lord, okay, today you and I start fresh, brand new relationship, brand new beginning. And for some of you, it's the first time you've ever really done this for real. With every head bowed, every eye closed, whether you're home or here, raise your hands so I know who I'm praying for. Say, Pastor, that's me. I see one. I see two. Anybody else? Do I see three, four? I see anybody else. Do I see you? Where are you? I'm looking for you. Five. Anybody else? Plus. Okay. Father, I pray for all these who raise their hands, both here and at home. Every hand lifted now in the building. Father, we thank you for the hand of God upon all of these. And may this be the transforming moment for them as we start this new year, trusting you with our life in Jesus' name. And everybody say amen. Are you glad you came today? Come on. I hope you are. Well, I pray you enjoyed today's message. I pray that it lifted you up. You know, the Bible said the word of God can go down to the very marrow of the bone. It can reach into the very deep parts of your soul. And I hope you were blessed today. If you like the message, it helped you link it and send it to a friend. I really appreciate you being with us today. And I pray that God will use this word to bless you and many others. You have a blessed day. God bless.